Hey friends, welcome to Live Again Podcast. I'm your host, Gloria Grace, and thanks for joining me on this journey. Live Again is all about encouraging and equipping you through the word to boldly live for Christ, especially in this day and age. My prayer is that as you listen to this podcast, you'll be able to find life through the words that God assigns me to share with you so that you can live again for him and by him. So on this episode, I think it's only right that I start by sharing my testimony with you guys, because honestly, guys, um, the Gloria that you see here today, by the grace of God, is not the same Gloria five, seven years ago. Uh, And I can honestly say that the person that I've become over these past few years is not been by what I have read, what I have done, but honestly, by the grace of God, every single day. And today on this episode, I just want to share my testimony with you guys. Um, so you guys can have an understanding of why I am the way that I am, why I'll never stop talking about Jesus, why I'll never stop living for Jesus. And I pray that you guys as well have that encounter as I share my testimony with you. But before we get into it, I just want us to start off with prayer. So if we could all just bow our heads and pray. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to just share this word, um, this testimony with your daughters and with your sons oh lord father i pray in the name of jesus that you will soften each and every single heart oh lord that the words that i speak oh lord that the testament of the word that i share with your daughters with your sons oh lord will land on fertile soil oh lord jesus may the seed of your word oh lord bear fruit in their lives father i even pray in the name of jesus that as i share my testimony oh lord that every single soul under the sound of my voice oh lord will be captivated by your love by your faithfulness by your goodness oh lord jesus in jesus name i pray amen amen so before i even get into my testimony i just want to say this guys one thing that i've come to realize in the short time that i've walked with christ is that people don't just change um because they've been told to people don't just start walking with christ or they don't just start living for christ because they have been raised in the church People change based on the encounters and the revelation they have with Jesus. There's always a reason why people change. There's always a reason why people choose to live for Jesus in a world that is full of um, opposing forces, in a world that is antichrist, in a world that is filled with different ideologies that condition us to live a life of sin, a life that is rebellious, a life that is outside of God's will. Guys, the encounter that you have with Jesus is what convicts you to change your ways, to live for Christ. And when I say encounter, I'm not just talking about an angel coming to visit you in your room. I think most of us have actually limited God. Um, If an angel came to your room, there's nothing wrong with that. Hallelujah. Um, But many of us have limited God to encounter us only in that way it's so sad that we have limited having an encounter with Jesus to just the spiritual things as though he's not the same God that created even the physical things we have limited God that we cannot encounter him outside of dreams outside of you know what we have had that you know angels coming up in your room like there's nothing wrong with that but there is so much more outside of that I mean, if you wait for an angel to meet you, to encounter you in your room, for you to believe that Jesus is real, 
I'm sorry, you might wait till Jesus returns. And by that time, I think it will be a little bit too late. Honestly, it will be a little bit too late. (laughs) But when I say encounter, by encounter, I mean the person of Christ that you come to experience by revelation, whether that's through a dream, whether it's through the different circumstances that you might experience. God can bring um, a person to you, can encounter you through a person, through a song, through music, through an atmosphere. However, Jesus chooses to encounter you, that experience that you have with him by revelation is what compels us, is what compels you to live for him and love on him. So just to give you a little background, my dad is half Rwandan, half Ugandan, and my mom is full Ugandan. Um, I was born in Uganda, but I moved to the UK with my siblings when I was about 12 years old. But whilst I was in Uganda, I remember from a young age, I always had this awareness that there was something greater, there was something powerful that created the world. Like I just didn't have a name for it. I think this is why I was such an inquisitive child. Like I always ask so many questions. Like I remember my relatives being, um, well, they actually thought that I was going to be a lawyer because they were like, Gloria, you have so many questions that to the point when visitors came to the house, I would always be asking them questions. Like, I don't know why, but in terms of faith, my dad um, was Catholic and my mom was Protestant at the time. Our tenants that were basically like family they lived with us and they were Muslims as well. Even though I was raised um, in a Catholic household, I was surrounded by different religious beliefs. Um, I think that's why I just kept asking questions because I actually think I was just in a place of seeking the one true God because in all the questions I was, that I was asking, I was like, there must be something that is true. Like we can't all be doing all these different things, but with that understanding, um, I think I believe I just became very like um, confused. I honestly became confused because I was like, there's so much out there. There's so many different religions. There's so many different beliefs and people doing different things. So why should I even care to, you know, just find one God? Like if there's multiple gods, like let me just, you know, get on with my life. Let me just live my best life. But Based on the stories um, that I had growing up, if you had your early childhood in Africa, I'm sure you can attest to this, that you cannot survive Africa unless you have the hand of God on your life. I'm just going to say that. Um, I don't know how, you know, everyone else has experienced their life in Africa, but I can say that if you don't have the hand of God on your life, You cannot survive Africa unless God has literally got his hand on you. Like the mercy of God is upon you because the level of spiritual activity and the evil that people just double in is crazy. I remember um, the primary school that I went to, I went to a boarding primary school and I don't know how, but my mom decided to um, take me um, and enroll me to a boarding school that um, the head teacher was a pastor. So I used to hang out with like the pastor's kids and, you know, just babysit them. But 
I remember being in the dormitories and hearing like screams, you know, like someone screaming. And I would hear people say that, oh, that person has been delivered. Like, you know, I could hear stories like at that young age, I think I was in like year five or six but I could hear stories that oh there's a witch over there that you know that hates the school um there's this person over here that is possessed that has been delivered it was my time in that school that actually came to to hear that there is a god that delivers so when I moved to the UK with my siblings we were all sent to catholic schools um because at the time my parents um you know, believed that Catholic schools were, you know, the best. They had a good reputation at the time. Um, but um, whilst I was in secondary school, like I had just moved into the UK and I remember I was bullied. I remember being bullied for um, having short hair. Like growing up in Uganda, like they used to cut our hair. Like, I don't know why. If you're Ugandan and you're watching this or listening to this, please let me know in the comments why our parents were cutting our hair or why our relatives believed that having a bold head was cute at that age. But anyway, um, I remember literally being bullied for um, having short hair. And I remember running back home and crying to God. I was literally even though I didn't know who, I didn't have this relationship with God, I knew people prayed to someone. So let me go and pray. I don't know who I was praying to, but I was like, God, these people are making fun of my hair. My hair was so short, yeah. Yeah, let's not even get into it. I feel like that's when the seed of insecurity like was planted in me. Um, my whole teenage life, I struggled with self-worth and I started seeking um you know, validation and, you know, my self-worth in different things, um, whether it's relationship or academics. I knew I was, you know, smart, but I also took pride in that. And I feel like I used that to to cover up my insecurities. I used um, relationship to cover up my insecurities and, um, you know, just being new in a country where I feel like I'm so out of place. I honestly felt like I was lost because everything that I did um, was to please a man, was to please the people around me. And I honestly had no identity. But in hindsight, I realized that even before I gave my life to Christ, even before I knew or, you know, had a relationship with him, he was always there waiting for me. He was always knocking at the door of my heart. From a young age, I would have dreams. I would just wake up and forget that I actually had a dream, but I would know that I have had an experience outside of me being awake. So fast forward to my adult life um, when I started uni. One thing that I can say is that even though I didn't have a relationship with God, one thing that I come to realize now is that God's hand has always been on my life. Like I've always experienced God's grace, God's mercy. I've always seen his faithfulness Um even when I didn't know him, even when I didn't live for him. And that's one thing about God's nature. God has been good. God is always good. God has never been the kind of God that, you know, it's only going to be good to you when you start living for him because that just defeats his nature. God is love. 
God does not start loving you when you start loving him. Like it says, his love is unfailing. That means his love has never failed. Before the foundations of the world, his love was there. So when we start to believe that, oh, I cannot come to Christ because I'm not perfect, we have missed the point. Because God was always loving us. The Bible says that whilst we're still sinners, that he loved us. He died for us. He demonstrated his love whilst we're still sinning. Like most times we don't even do good things for other people because they're they're bad. Like we wait for them to be good so we can do good things for them. But that is not the nature of God. And I can say I didn't see that. I didn't have that understanding Um when I was you know going to uni and even how I got into uni was honestly by the grace of God um and let me just say this the gifts that we have have been given to us by God they do not qualify us to get into heaven because I feel like I had faith even when I was not a believer faith still works for unbelievers let me just tell you that faith still works for unbelievers People that do not know who Jesus is can still walk in the principles that Christians, you know, live by. They can still apply that principle and it would work for them. So I remember um, being so adamant, like I was, my desire was to go to uni in London. So I was in, I was living in Milton Keynes at the time. My whole family was in Milton Keynes. So I was like, I just want to, you know, leave my parents' house and just go and live the big city life. You know what? I just want to test and see. And I remember the gift of faith was still working in my life at that time, even when I didn't know Jesus. Because I remember being rejected to get into this university because I didn't have the qualifications for it. I got rejected the first time and I still applied to the same uni and they didn't, you know, accept my application. I applied the third time. I don't know what was going through my head, but my application got rejected multiple times. But I was adamant that I was not going to any other uni but that university in London. So anyway, I don't know who was accepting applications that time because the same university that rejected me is the same university that ended up accepting my application form. And I got into uni. Um, (laughs) But yeah, just thinking about that, I was just like, wow, God, like this gift actually still applies even, even for the unbelievers. Like people can still walk in their gifts. The Bible says that the gifts of God are without repentance. So whether you're, you're walking in righteousness, whether you're, whether you've repented, whether you're walking in righteousness with God or not, the gift is still going to be working, but that doesn't guarantee you that the gift is going to get you into heaven. So during my first year of uni, I think I was just being a good student um, because honestly, I didn't want to fail. Um, I was studying pediatric nursing and I honestly believe that if I didn't put my all in, I would fail because we were doing coursework and we had to be on different placements. But yeah, I was just being a good student, honestly. I would go to the lectures, my 9 a.m.s, and yeah, I would, you know, do my assignments and stuff. Um, I met a few girls that invited me to the church. Um, I think at the time they invited me to Hillsong. And being the people-pleasing 
you know, person suffering from people pleasing syndrome, I would go. I would go and then go back to the clubs on Monday and during the week um, because I was just like, you know what, let me just tag along. You know, there's nothing else to do. Let me just tag along. We're going to church, let's go to church. We're going to the club, let's go to the club. Um, a friend invited me to another Hillsong service. And later that month, I remember going to um, to this service and they made an altar call. And I answered that altar call. Like I went to the altar and answered it and said, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. But just because I answered that call, it doesn't mean that I started living for Christ that day I lived a life that was lukewarm a very lukewarm life that I was not proud of at all because I would literally party from sunset to sunrise I was that kind of person walking in rebellion living a double life living a lukewarm life going to Sunday service and you know Monday we're back at it you know in the club as a student there was no or Friday Saturday like the party started on Monday and ended on Monday that was the student life and honestly I believe that we actually didn't know what was good for us because that life was literally filled with toxic people. Um, that's how I ended up in some toxic relationships um, that God had to deliver me from later on. But once I gave my life to Christ, I was just playing church. But I had no encounters. I had no encounter with Jesus. And even when I gave my life to Christ, when, when I answered that altar call, Instead of me remaining rooted in Christian community, um, you know, going to Bible study, just hanging around Christians, I was out at everyone else's uni, you know, different raves, you know, literally I was running away from Christians because I was like, oh my gosh, they're doing too much. They're just being too loud about Jesus. Even though I had given my life to Christ, I was like, I was still being held bondage by the lifestyle and the fleshly desires of the world. And I don't know if anyone can relate to that because some people would give their life to Christ and still have that expectation that, oh my gosh, I'm going to wake up the next morning and, you know, it's all going to be gone. Like the desires, the the sexual immorality is going to be gone. The, you know, the masturbation is going to be gone. The, like everything's just going to be perfect the next day. But let me tell you this, for some, there is a process of sanctification, there's a process of breaking, there's a process that Jesus takes you through um, day by day as you surrender these things to him. So I literally went back into the world, instead of being around other Christians, you know, that would encourage me, that would edify me in the faith, um, I went back into the worldly ways and just pleasing my fleshly desires and looking back, this is how I know God has literally got a sense of humor because I literally became the girl that I was running away from. There was this girl that kept inviting me to her church and messaging me, um, talking about Jesus all the time and just talking about all these different things that Jesus has done. And she kept inviting me to her church and I just blocked her. I literally just blocked her. And God was like, girl that's going to be you, that's going to be you, so I literally became the girl that I was running away from, the girl that talks about Jesus, 
and will not stop talking about Jesus or living for Jesus. So going into second year of uni, um, I was literally deep and deep rooted in a life of sin. And I feel like my life was a mess. I'm not going to lie. My life was a mess to the point where I almost got kicked out of uni. Like when it came to attendance, our attendance was meant to be 40%. For you to go into the next year, you had to have a, at least minimum, your attendance would have to be 40%. In first year, my attendance was 90%. Like I was the good student, you know, I was going to my lectures, you know. But when it came to second year, I was hanging around the wrong crowd, the wrong people, um, people that were just doing drugs, people that were just, you know, not living the godly life, you know, forgetting that I have just been, you know, saved, um, that I have just literally answered an auto call in the first year. I literally went full blown into, you know, rebellion and just living a life of sin and just being conformed to the worldly patterns. I remember there came a point in my life where I was like wow God like this is crazy that I'm still here on this course I ended up in situations that I could have avoided I remember there was a night I went to a rave um, and the police literally pulled up because there was a fight that broke out and I remember the police coming around and we literally had to run and hide and I was thinking, girl, do you know where you're coming from? Like, I don't even think my parents know about this story. I don't think I've ever shared this with my mom. But um, I remember thinking, if you get locked up, if you get locked up at this age, Gloria. But I can honestly say that it was the mercy of God. It was the mercy of God, even at that point, even when we were still in sin, even when we were still walking in rebellion. It was the mercy of God um, that kept me. Um, I remember when everything changed for me, when I had that encounter with Jesus. I remember I was back at my parents' house and I think this was 2017, um, in New Year's Eve. It was just me and my mom at home, but... That day, my plan was to go to Coventry because I had an invitation at a rave crossover party. But I kept having this tug on my heart that was telling me to stay with my mum and just worship through the night with her. Because at that time, my mum was the only one that was saved. Um, she was the only one that was born again in the house. So I kept having this tug on my heart to just stay and worship with her and I kept hearing this voice in me saying you have started every year the same and got nowhere if you want this year to to be different you have to start it different and choose life I kept hearing choose life at that point I was just like okay I have to be somewhere I have to decide I've started every year the same, uh, you know, a rave, uh, a party. Um, I need to start this year different. I need to start 2018 different. So I chose to to stay and worship with my mom at the balcony. And 
I remember we were just literally worshipping and, you know, just singing and we could hear the fireworks, you know, our neighbours, you know, everyone's shouting and screaming. And I remember being on the balcony, um, just me and my mum, just worshipping and singing to the Lord. Um, And in that moment, I believe that's when I met the Lord. That's when... I was consumed by the love of God. That's when <sighs> that's when I was consumed by his unfailing love. And it was as though I felt every emotion that he had felt. I remember crying myself to sleep crying that whole night not because I was hurting but because I had this joy this sense of peace this this love everything that he felt I felt I felt the oneness with Jesus that was the first time I felt oneness with Jesus that's the first time I felt the presence of God in that room and And it helped me to know that I was hurting the one that always loved me. Because it's in that moment that I came to understand that nothing can separate me from him. I came to to understand the love of God. That's what consumed me. And my prayer is that every single person will come to understand that, will come to experience that. Because that is what enables us to stand, that is what enables us to to walk with him. That is what enables us to live for him and to live with him. It's his unfailing love. I have never felt that much joy, that much peace. I had never felt his presence like that before. But I remember crying myself to sleep that night. Wow. I remember waking up with swollen eyelids. (laughs) Just thinking about it just even reminds me, you know, Paul just being encountered by Jesus and, you know, being blinded. It was as though I woke up and my eyes had seen a new light I was seeing life differently I had a different mindset I just had this desire to just be in his presence and I've always been like a very um aware kind of person like I'm very aware of my feelings of my emotions of my environment but in that moment I was able to just know that I was not by myself. I was not in a place by myself. I was not in that room by myself. And it was in that moment that the Holy Spirit witnessed to me, to my spirit, that I was not just a child of God, but a son of God. He witnessed to me sonship. He witnessed to me because... Those are two different things, being a child of God and being a son of God. 
those are two different things because a child is born and a son is given and in sonship you have to give yourself you have to sacrifice you have to choose him i began to have countless encounters and experiences with the person of Christ Jesus and and this was in different situations um i even believe my dream life became clearer it became alive it became so loud to the point that i was having loads of dreams multiple dreams in one night and i believe my prophetic voice was awakened um i remember at the start of 2018 when i went back to uni um this was my final year and i remember saying that god i cannot do my final year without you i went back to uni um for my final year and it was at this time that i started to experience a different level of spiritual warfare bear in mind i had opened up different doors different doors um in the second year through relationships through the life that i lived i had opened up different doors and even at that time i was living in a shared house and the lady that I was sharing the house with she was just you know she just had loads of little statues and stuff so i was literally i had just decided to do life with christ i had just said i'm all in and i don't think the enemy the devil was you know very happy about that so he used the different doors um that i had opened up in my ignorance in my rebellion to um attack me and to try and draw me back into the world to drain my faith in Jesus um it was during that time that i experienced um sleep paralysis i just had a sense that there was something in my room um but i couldn't move and i was paralyzed i was screaming and no one could hear me and i couldn't even hear myself my hands my legs were still and i i could feel my spirit shouting for jesus and i honestly believe the enemy used the doors that i had opened up in my sinful ways in my rebellion um as a point of entry to attack and to inflict fear on me on my life i remember i spent 2 years sleeping with the lights on because i was literally in fear i was in fear of the dark I, i was afraid to to even turn the lights off because of that experience that i had i always had my bedside light on up until um you know god delivered me from that and it was during this time that i honestly felt like i was depressed like i know i was not depressed but i felt like i was depressed like i would just cry not because i'm sad but i was just in awe of like like i would just cry like i don't know if you guys have experienced the same thing like when you encounter jesus like i don't know why but there is something in you where you just always broken like you're just always crying just by the thought of his faithfulness and his goodness and his mercy and his grace like you just cry because you have no other way to express your emotions towards him and your love towards him and you can't fathom or understand 
why he still chooses you. Oh God. Oh Jesus, help me to help me to speak. But yeah. During that time I felt like I was depressed, honestly. <laughs> Cause it was during that time that God um had to break me from a relationship that was not godly at all. Um and I've always been that person that used to watch films and I would just see people, you know, experiencing heartbreak and, you know, um, or even just saying that, oh, they can't do certain things because they've broken up with someone. I never really understood heartbreak until I experienced it myself to the point where I could not finish my food. If you know me, you would know that I'm such a foodie, like me and food, we're like this. I love my food. So for someone to have an influence on my life to the point where I don't even want to eat. I remember literally the day when God said that that relationship needs to come to an end. And when I said, Lord, I'm doing this because it's not glorifying you. I remember I sat in the kitchen with my breakfast, literally staring at me because I did not have the desire to eat. Like I was that broken, but I knew the Lord was doing a work in me. I knew I was in a season of deep um, sanctification, a season of deliverance where God was breaking off soul ties. I remember that month being the most freeing month of my life. Because all I was doing was just abiding in him, in his presence. Like worship. I even remember there was a song that actually started playing my phone. And I didn't choose it. But it just happened to be the next song playing. And it was an old school hill song. When that song started playing, I went into a vision. God literally took me back to my childhood back in Uganda um, and I saw myself singing and worshipping and you know just listening to that worship song and I believe my aunt in Uganda was the one that was playing it you know she had this worship CD that she would put in the radio and that's one way that God has been you know ministering to me all these years he ministers to me through songs, through music, through his word, through lyrics. And there is so much power in music that we don't even understand because there's certain things that God reveals to us just by the power of sound. And from that moment at the balcony, every moment of my life has had a story I've had a story to tell and most of my friends will probably say Gloria you always have a testimony you always have something like honestly it's by the grace of God because every day we have a reason to worship him because if you wake up and you have breath in your lungs you woke up and you didn't need support to breathe you're still sane you still have your mind and you know he has kept you you have every reason to to seek him, to be intimate with him, to love on him, to please him, to to share him because 
he is that good. I remember there's a time that I was on placement. I think I was in my final year. Yeah, I was on my final placement. And the enemy tried to really take my life that day. Um, And this is why I keep saying that I'm only here by grace. I'm able to breathe because of grace. I'm able to live because of grace. I remember being on placement and my final placement was in a hospice and a children's hospice whereby, um, you know, they would bring children that, you know, are just about to die so that they can have their last moments in that place. And that was my placement. I was basically, you know, making sure that they're having a better, you know, quality of life in their final days and just, you know, looking after them. And there was this child that I was looking after and, you know, I was on one side of the bed and there was another lady on the other side of the bed and we were just literally providing nursing care to this child. And all of a sudden, this child literally started seizing, like they were dying. And I I was literally in shock because I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to do something. Like we were literally trying to do stuff. But in my shock, I literally just fainted. And when I fell... There was this like suction machine um, that we used to use to like suction out like secretions from this child. And it was this huge suction metal thing on the side of the bed. And based on where I was standing, when I saw all this going down and in my shock, I literally just like fainted and fell. And I woke up. Thank God there was someone to catch me. This lady was literally supporting my head um, because I almost hit my head on the suction machine. And in that moment, I was like, God, I could have been brain dead. This just happened and you have saved me. You have made it so that there is someone to protect me, to hold my head, to make sure that I am still in my right mind. I'm still able to function the same way that I came in. There's been so many different moments where I have seen my life flash me by, but God still kept me. I can honestly not talk about these things without crying because there was another time where I had just you know, started driving, I had just passed my driving and I was back at my parents' house and I think I was driving my mum to her workplace. I had just dropped her off at her workplace. As I was driving back home, um, I was just waiting um, within a junction, just about to go into the main road and I was literally waiting for this massive, like, glory to pass me by. But it was so far that I was like, you know what, it's so far from me, let me just, you know, join the main road. Um, But my perception of far, I don't know, because in my head, this lorry was far. When I started to drive into the main road, all of a sudden this lorry was all up close to me. And literally just when I was driving into the main road, I don't know what happened, but my car just reversed back and I can tell you that for free that 
it was not me that reversed that car because my reflex back then as a new driver was not the kind of reflex that I have right now. I remember literally driving in, but all of a sudden just hearing this whoosh of a lorry passing me by and my car is literally like reversed back into me. If you didn't believe in angels, I am the kind of person from that day that I honestly believe that there was an angel that reversed that car for me. There's so many different things that I could speak of his faithfulness, of his goodness, of his mercy. Things that I have experienced um, to the point where I know that I have encountered him as my saviour. I have encountered him as my deliverer. I have encountered him as my healer. And this is how I know that the God that we serve is real and is the one true God. Because I went from a life of sin, a life filled with crazy parties and sexual immorality, um, ungodly relationships, a life of pain, a life that was crippled by fear, a life that was not surrendered, but to a life that delights in the love of my soul, Jesus. I went into a life of peace, a life of joy, joy that is unspeakable, a life of oneness with the creator. And my desire, my prayer is that you too would come into that experience with Jesus. The Jesus I encountered at that balcony, the Jesus that that delivered me from different relationships that were just literally filled with toxicity, um, the Jesus that saved me from almost near car accident, the Jesus that healed me from excruciating pain. I would want you to experience that because he is the Jesus that I live for. And it would be selfish of me to taste of his goodness, to taste of that living water and not share it with you. And this is why I will never stop talking about Jesus. And this is why I'll never stop making him known. This is why I'll never stop sharing his faithfulness, his goodness and declaring his his works to the nations because he is worthy of my breath he is the only one that is worthy of my breath and I pray that you too will encounter him and live for him